0: You're listening to the JC and Morgan podcast presented by BP Skinner Clothiers. Folks, if you want to make sure that you look your very best, don't settle for the department store down the street. Or you're getting something off the rack that is lesser quality, and you're dealing with salespeople that sometimes, let's face it, can be a little bit pushy. Get a guy whose sole goal is to make sure you look your very best, and he goes out of his way to do so. When I say out of his way, I mean he's coming to you, no matter where you're listening to us on this podcast. Brent Skinner. A BP Skinner Clothiers will come on out. You book an appointment on the website, bpskinnerclothiers.com. He will have a consultation with you. He'll bring the samples of some of the most luxurious fabrics from the finest mills in Europe for you to look through as they begin to design your custom garment. After that, it's a few weeks and you are done. It's mailed to you at your door, and you're ready to go. You, like me, and so many others that Brent has worked with, will notice the difference in how you look and how you feel, and the price is right. Again, go to the website, bpskinnerclothiers.com, set up an appointment with Brent Skinner. He'll come to you no matter where you are in the country, and you will begin to look your very best. And now for an inside look at college sports with the men in the know,
1: J.C. and Morgan. Here's Mike Morgan and J.C. Sherby.
0: Lo and behold, we are back with another J.C. and Morgan podcast. Welcome, everybody, in these rather tough times uh, uh, for a, a one reason – Specifically, as we all know, the coronavirus, which has affected everyday life and obviously the sports world in it, and what we talk about predominantly, which is college football and college sports. He's J.C. Sherbert uh, of 24-7 Sports, TheBigSpur.com. I'm Mike Morgan of ESPN and the SEC Network. And together, we're normally working on a lot of different things this time of year. <laughs> and uh, J.C., I guess you've had more to work on in the website world than I've had to work on in the television play-by-play world, uh, but we're both bumming like uh, like everybody else right now with what's going on in the world, and obviously trickling down to the sports world. So with that rather ominous beginning, I say, "Welcome. How are you, sir? You and I haven't uh, spoken in a while. So yeah. how?
1: I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. You know, I, I I'm one of these people that watches the news. Um, I tell everybody, sports are my job, politics are my hobby." Um, You know, because I think there's a lot of people that probably work in politics that escape that madhouse and uh, watch sports Mm -hmm. as an escape. Well, I follow politics for an escape. So I'm kind of a news watcher anyway. Um, And so I've been following the virus story very closely. I read just about everything. I watch most of the press briefings. I I consult experts who have written things, you know, because on on both sides of the media spectrum these days, uh, on all sides. Um, the political angles included, but, uh, you know, because I like to draw my own opinions based on as much information as I possibly have. Well, it hit me yesterday um, because I think I'm I'm on about day eight of not going anywhere Um, and I've been battling a cold. So I'm a hypochondriac to a certain extent anyway. (laughs) And it just kind of hit me yesterday around five or six o'clock. I'm watching the flipping back and forth between CNN and Fox and, I just got severely depressed and and down in the dumps and I was like this is just this is just sad more than anything cuz this is you know this would be the first day of March badness um the first and second rounds and, and we don't have that and um and that's just tough. I mean that's just kind of a tough pill to swallow right now. So that's that's kind of how I'm doing.
0: Well, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat minus the uh Uh, the, the, the sick part of knock on wood. And most importantly, I've been able to stay healthy and most of the people uh, around me have been able to do the same. Um, but it has been a whirlwind as we record this uh, exactly one week to the day that everything got canceled. Uh, march twelfth of twenty twenty will be a day that uh, I remember uh, for a lifetime, and I think many of us will for different reasons but i 'm going to take you through and our audience through the less than twenty four hour period that I had march eleventh march twelfth okay so to to back it up even further, I had kind of a a fun uh, enjoyable from a personal standpoint and from a professional standpoint close to my uh, college basketball season with my college baseball broadcast season on the horizon. And of course all of this is for ESPN and, and the SEC network. So I had my last regular season quote unquote game was March 7th, Auburn at Tennessee, Jimmy Dykes and myself on ESPN uh, sellout crowd in Knoxville, Auburn looking great at that point. You're thinking this is an Auburn team. It's starting to peak again at the right time. And no one's going to want to play in Nashville for the SEC tournament and beyond. Uh, Two days later, I go from Knoxville to Asheville to broadcast the Southern Conference Championship game. Wofford, kind of the media darling from a year before, taking on ETSU. That game was on March the 9th. In front of a sellout crowd, a beautiful, uh, smaller, quaint arena there in in Asheville. I think they call it the Harris Cherokee Casino Arena, something of that effect. Uh, And again, the coronavirus is there. You know, I mean it's it's in the background. We're all aware of it, but everything is going on as usual, and we all are jacked up about one of our favorite times of the year. And that is March Madness. If you want to extrapolate that even more, it's March Madness. It's the Masters. It's spring training with the start of the major league season uh, on the way. Start of college baseball season has already occurred. And spring football is and practice is getting underway. And we all have the, the dates of the spring football games and the broadcast schedules and everything else. That was on March 9th. The very next day, I drive to Nashville to broadcast the second round of the SEC tournament, an assignment I'm very uh, excited about, uh, an event that I think is the, it's perfectly placed in Nashville for a number of reasons, and the community and the fans support it so well. And the town, incidentally, was packed because people have already bought their SEC tournament tickets. So March 11th is a day where I wake up and have my breakfast go to the arena and I watch seven different teams practice or have what you know we'd call an abbreviated shoot around of about 45 minutes you get on the floor there at the, the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville and then you get off and then we would talk to players and coaches after each time and I heard a lot of reporting that you know every, that there was a, this fear and players didn't want to play in it I didn't sense that at all not on March the 11th I, I, I saw a lot of players that were wide-eyed and jacked up about taking part in the event. Yes, the coronavirus was there, and yes, it was discussed, but no, I did not see any apathy or certainly not fear from players. So that goes down. The two uh, you know early round games featuring the bottom four teams in the league take place, and uh, Georgia and Arkansas win those. So I'm ready uh, for the next day to have uh, Alabama versus Tennessee. And Florida versus Georgia. And it's going to be myself, Jimmy Dykes, Marty Smith, our sideline reporter. Everybody loves Marty, right? Big into college football, too. And our producer, our director, and Carl Ravitch, who is now part of the, the basketball world the last few years, in addition to the, the great job that he does on, on MLB. So we all go out to dinner. Uh, fine restaurant on the 34th floor the JW Marriott. I think it's called Bourbon Steak. And we have dinner there that night. And before we got there, a couple hours before, it is announced by uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC, the commissioner, that the SEC tournament will be played before no fans. It had already been announced shortly before that that the NCAA tournament would be played before no fans. So we're all trying to get our arms around the fact that we are going to see the biggest college basketball games of the year held before a band, family members, maybe cheerleaders and that's it. But you know what? There's worse things in the world than not playing before a sellout crowd. And, and I actually took it as a a challenge of, Hey, uh, very often a a play by play guy, your, your voice, your inflection, uh, how you call a game is, is based so much on the crowd and the environment. Uh, it, it dictates a lot of the way you call a game, so this will be a new challenge. I've ne- I've done a game with, with a low crowd, uh, but I've never done a game with no crowd. So we're talking about the challenges of that. And then right around as the uh, salads hit the dinner table, there's six of us in that circle. All And this is so indicative of today's day and age, right? All six of our cell phones start beeping, buzzing, vibrating, whatever the case may be, and we all get the same alert at the same time. Rudy Gobert has tested positive for the coronavirus. The NBA season has been suspended indefinitely. And we all just look at each other wide eyed, like, oh, bleep. Now what? How long before this affects the college game? Because I'm convinced if Rudy Gobert does not test positive, the NBA continues, all those conference tournaments continue, including the SEC. And it takes, again, some other player to test positive before everything is is halted. But we don't know all this yet. We have a feeling that this is going to change the magnitude of everything. And, of course, the Ivy League was the first one to cancel their tournament, but I think it's only four teams, and it's the Ivy League, and that doesn't move the meter. The next morning, I wake up, and I'm looking because the first game's at noon. I'm expecting a potential email or text saying it's been canceled. Didn't get it now 1020 we all drive over to the arena together and again it's 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 weird because we're all set up to do tv we've had meetings we're talking and i'm looking around the arena and there's no one 10.45, still on, sitting down at my uh, position right there at center court. Jimmy is there. Marty Smith is ready to do his sideline report. He's got a great feature on Tennessee recovering from the tornadoes. We were going to talk about the devastation and how a city and its people recover from, from such a terrible occurrence just a couple weeks earlier. 11 and change, we get the message, it's been bagged. Now, this, of course, followed suit after the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big 10. It was just one after the other, one domino after the other. And remember, Mark Emmert is running his own playbook. This is what I always talk about with college football when people want to trash the NCAA in anything that regards the college football uh, infrastructure or postseason Mark Emmeritt's pretty much powerless in that. Now he does have power in basketball, and that's why everybody was waiting on him for the for the big dance news. But the conferences could still run their own conference tournaments unilaterally. They don't ha- they don't need permission from Mark Emmeritt. And college football doesn't do any. They don't worry about Mark Emmeritt. They, they, they do their own thing anyway. TV deals are made without Mark Emmeritt. Postseason is made without Mark Emmeritt. Uh. The the Power Five really controls college football, and eventually, there's a lot of talk. Of course, as we all know, that they're going to control all of college athletics. So we get the all five. Eventually, you know, those conference commissioners they spoke to one another and decided, quick, 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 done. That was on March 12th. I'm still bumming, uh, and obviously, I'm also a little bit fearful of what this what this really means. I mean, I figure all the things that you lose when you cancel those things. It has to be really serious for all this to happen. The NCAA tournament makes a billion with a B dollars. These conference tournaments make millions upon millions of dollars. For all this to happen, this is more than a PR move. Somebody knows something, that this is more serious than originally thought. Get back to the hotel. Two hours later, Mark Emmerich says the College World Series has been canceled. This basically means college baseball has been Canceled. And I'm sitting there like, really? We're making this determination now on March the 12th. Looking back today, it's the right move. But back – but a week ago, we didn't – I mean, we just kind of felt maybe a little premature. I'm certainly uh, reluctant to believe that that was the right call. And the conferences still waited on that before they were going to completely – count. you you still could have played, for example, the SEC baseball tournament without Mark Emmerich's permission. But eventually the conferences go and and they decide we can't no all spring sports cancelled, can't do it, can't do it. And then the final I guess uh, shoot a drop would have been on March 17th, uh, five days later which says, uh, for example, I'm reading this alert from the SEC. The SEC has announced all regular season conference and non-conference competitions are canceled for the remainder of the athletic year, including all spring football games and remaining SEC championship events due to continuing developments related to the coronavirus. And at that point, you realize sports as we know it is in a complete holding pattern, and we don't know what the heck to do. Now, I realize all this seems small in the larger scale of things, because we are about to hit economic uh, hard times that no one could have envisioned, because this is not based on economic policy. And I I feel sorry for the, the people in the media, by the way, who want to politicize this, and they just can't help themselves. This is not a time to get involved in that, folks. Let's just get safe, and then you can spew your anger, your hate, um, your hot take political... I, I mean, I just don't need that right now from anybody. But One thing that's undeniable is that a lot of people are going to get hurt by this. already have. People are going to lose jobs. Businesses are going to lose money. Some businesses might go out of of business, and we're all trying to figure out what is next. And, of course, you, me, and everybody are sitting in our homes. If you have kids, they can't go to school. If you uh, have a job, you can't go to the office, and it's just an awful time. That has been the last week, and you, know, you and I were going to do a podcast a while back, and the biggest story was going to be uh, you know, Mel Tucker just became one of the highest paid coaches in college football with a 5-7 and seven record in one year. That was going to be the big story, right? Uh, and then spring football forecasts and recruiting news and everything else, and now all that seems so inconsequential based on where we are, and J.C., I can only hope, that we can get back to the point cause we're going to keep doing this podcast. I think now more than ever people need a little bit of a distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, lo- I look forward. I can only hope that we get to the point that you and I can do what we normally do on this and talk about all there is to talk about on the field, off the field in college football and not such uh, dramatic events outside of that.
1: Yeah. I I'm with you. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's not from a, just a daily standpoint. Um, coverage standpoint, it's really no different for us um, and yourself included than than maybe, you know, at times the month of July before me, the time, you know, between the College World Series. And I know that the dates are closer together now. College World Series and media days like that July 4th time, Um, you know, from the things you want to write about and talk about and stuff like that. I mean, we always get through that. You know, the problem is, is that it's March, 19th <laughs> mm, yeah. and um so you're looking down the road and then you don't know when this thing's gonna end and will they will football season be backed up um you know how are they gonna you know handle it and the, the the truth of the matter is nobody knows um it's it's a for the first time in our lives for the first time since most people have been on this earth there's a national health emergency that that requires you know uh, a, a change in our everyday lives um, and, and nobody there's no playbook in terms of how to handle this because it's never happened before in our lifetime. Um, we obviously weren't around in 1918 during the Spanish flu epidemic or anything like that um, but right now you know it's a, it's, it's a serious situation and, and what I would encourage people to realize out there is this is that it's like it, with, with kind of the the metrics of the disease it's not so much that You know, this is not the Crippen virus. This is not I am legend. You know, it doesn't have a 90 percent kill rate. You know, you're not going to turn into a zombie that eats other human beings (laughs) if you're if you're not among the one percent that's immune. I mean, um, it's not even Ebola, you know, um, or something that's that deadly to people that catch it. it. It's a situation, though, that certain segments of our population, particularly Uh, are people that are, and I hesitate to call them senior citizens, because, like, my mother is a public school teacher in the state of South Carolina uh, and is 63 years old, and, um, you know, she battles, you know, perfectly healthy person, non-smoker, doesn't do anything, you know, to cause her to have breathing issues, but she's had breathing issues, you know, her, her whole adult life, she's bad allergies, bronchitis, stuff like that, she struggles with that, you know, so she's in, she's susceptible to this, you know. And it's people like that, and I would I would encourage people that it's not just like oh don't go near a nursing home. Uh, there are people who are walking out there in our daily lives that work for a living, that come in contact with us, that are highly susceptible to this. You probably don't even think about it, so that that's why we have to be quarantined. You know, to you um, idiot people that are down there partying on South Beach right now. You know, <laughs> that's uh, that's why we got so you don't kill somebody else. You know, it's like. It's like that's why you don't go and, you know, drive your car after you've had too much to drink. That's why that's against the law because you're going to kill somebody, you know. That's why you don't drive without your glasses because you're going to kill somebody, you know. That's, that's why you don't fly a plane without a license because you're going to kill somebody, you know. And so that, that's what I would encourage people to think is that, you know, because this thing, for what they say, you can carry it around and not even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, what's scary about it. So that's kind of my PSA, Mike, I was actually in Nashville. We had, um, and I've been going to 24 seven sports, uh, public rivals.com publisher conferences in Nashville for my entire career. We just had finished the very best, the absolute very best 24 seven sports conference we have ever had. Okay. Um, and this is just kind of sometimes the luck of the draw <laughs> and, um, So it it was over with on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday I had a a late flight out to Chicago, so I had some some time to kill. Um, And so I was walking around Nashville, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to go to Honky Tonk or Legends Corner, which is where I normally would go. And Then I found this place where there was a Johnny Cash impersonation band right there (laughs) on the corner, and I love Johnny Cash. Sure. So so I sat in there and uh, had a meal and uh, a few uh, ice cold ones, and I'm watching – Sports Center and, and ESPN2 and, and the SEC network. And it just, you just keep seeing it over and over, like the dominoes start to fall. Well, we're going to do this without fans now. Well, we're going to do this without fans. And it just every like hour you would have a new league come out and say something or, an, or a new report. Um, so I, I went and went to the airport, got on the plane, came home, made it home safely. But, uh, it was just almost happening in real time. And it it was sort of surreal too, Mike, because Nashville was not as crowded as it normally is downtown, but the people Mm -hmm. that were there, most of, I mean, I saw Auburn fans. I saw Tennessee fans. I saw a bunch of Kentucky fans as normal. Oh yeah. Uh, so even a Vanderbilt fan or two was walking around. Um, and so, so you knew you, it was just it was just almost crazy because, you know, almost 80% of the people you saw were basketball fans, and you're sitting there watching and going, well, the fans can't come now and, and all this other stuff. And, all this, and you know, people were saying, well, the, that'll help the bars because they can't get in the arena, so they'll just come to the bars. And then, of course, they just sent everybody home. So I, I am with you. I, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to be in your situation where you were about to go work the tournament, uh, and then all of a sudden it's off. I mean, that's uh, – That's kind of a that's a very unique perspective.
0: It is, and uh, you know, thankfully, none of the players that would have taken part uh, that I'm aware of have been have tested positive uh, for the coronavirus. And as you mentioned, the the fallout of all these conference tournaments being canceled, the fans didn't go and quarantine themselves; they just went to the local restaurants and bars. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if that specifically uh, solved that issue. Um, But, again, it's one of those situations where you can't be wrong. So if you're making that call, the better safe than sorry mantra is going to override uh, anything else, and, and understandably so. But I can tell you, yeah, you're right. It wasn't as crowded, but uh, going down Broadway and going to various restaurants and bars – people all over the place. Um, I, I certainly didn't quarantine myself. I, I, I went out and enjoyed the rest of my time in Nashville. And as I mentioned before that, I was surrounded by a bunch of people in Asheville. And before that I was surrounded by a bunch of people in Knoxville. So I, I've been around a bunch of people, uh, and you know, knock on wood so far, uh, nothing has been uh, contracted, but, yeah, I mean, I, I do. When in moments like this, and I can't relate to many. I mean, I remember as a young twenty-something-year-old having to do a show the day after nine eleven, and having to shoot do shows that week. And obviously, that was beyond strange and uh, something I'll never forget because the shows obviously took a life of, took on a life of their own and had very little to do about. There's only so many times you can talk about when this game's going to be rescheduled uh, during football season. Other than that, you got three hours to uh, let people talk and vent, and it, it just became, it was no longer a sports show at that point. And I thought at that at that point, that's fine. Uh, at at this point, there there's it always is nice to get some perspective on stuff. And I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, uh, you know, our our grandparents they had to worry about during the 1940s being sent off uh, to a foreign country uh, via the draft. You didn't have a choice back then and take part in World War II where there was a good chance you were going to be shot and killed. Uh, we're asking people to stay at home. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it from that standpoint, it's like yeah, it could be much worse. I'm not making light of it or belittling it. Uh, I am very concerned about not just the health of, of our nation, but the the economy of it um, because the two are, are intertwined when people had disposable income, they are much happier and obviously uh, typically much healthier uh, when you don 't have that suicide rates go up, people get depressed, and your overall quality of life is is obviously affected we were We were enjoying some unreal economic times with no slowdown in sight, and now you go from that to we could be facing a recession uh, of some kind, and people are losing jobs all of a sudden, and wages, and everything else. It does show you the one thing I will say. I always learn from things like this. I mean, I, I learned things from nine eleven. I learned things from the election in two thousand. That was a civics lesson for most of our country, right? Yep. I mean, I mean, I didn't know what what the next step was when you had to do a recount and then this goes to this court in Florida and that, you know, you, you do learn things. What I learned from all this, and then, and then we'll get a, a little less philosophical uh, and, and try to bring this back somehow, some way to college athletics. I learned that in general, and this is, again, not a political thing. This is just in general. Our economic state, no matter what, can be very vulnerable. And the the difference between being in the, you know, to use an old expression, the penthouse versus the outhouse, uh, for most of us, it, it, it can flick on a dime. Now, this is an unprecedented event, but most of us were around in 2007, 2008 with the housing uh, bubble burst and people that couldn't afford homes got these kind of uh, predatory loans and banks were bankrupt and it was a scary, scary time. Uh, this is scary in a different way, but it just goes to show you that it, it, we are, our existence, when we think everything is going great, can be really fragile on two fronts. Number one, at any moment, our, ourselves or a loved one can be hit uh, or struck by a, a disease or some major health calamity. And B, Uh, Everything that seems to be prospering from from an occupational standpoint and a financial standpoint also can be very fragile. And in this case, both of those are merging into one, which makes it very difficult for a lot of people. And to think that – I mean I never thought – you mentioned like the the movie you mentioned, and I know there was another movie, Outbreak, which I never saw. And there's been a bunch of these kind of movies, right? to think that this is actually a possibility and not something that Hollywood just produces on a sci-fi flick uh that is a little bit disconcerting and scary because you know this could happen again 10 years from now for crying out loud so uh but you learn from it and i do believe i'm not just talking uh you know half, glass half full thing i do believe we will get through this sooner rather than later and i think everything will get back on an uptick but for the meantime It's obviously disheartening. It's ominous. In some cases, it's it's sad and depressing. We just try to keep our heads up and move on the best way we can.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, you do think it. Sometimes I, I think another lesson I've learned just from a macroeconomic standpoint is, you know, I may even quote, I'll quote Lou Holtz. Things are never as good as they seem. Things are never as bad as they seem. Okay, Lou Holtz used to say that. That, that.
0: that impersonation works better when you have a cold like you do. Thank you,
1: thank you so much. Because
0: he always sounded like he had a cold.
1: Yeah, I've got a very stuffed up nose right now. <laughs> my football team's going to play physical today. Um, he said that, and, 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 you know, you think back through history, uh, and I'm a big fan of history, uh, and the Roaring Twenties, you know, things were sky high, <laughs> you know, in our country. Um even with prohibition and um <laughs> the bottom fell out then we had a depression right well then things get really really good you know in in the 50s and then the the, the the 60s hit very tumultuous time socially uh the 70s were bad economically the 80s presented kind of a a rebound and then a dip and then the 90s uh during the Clinton administration um they kind of rode rode that on up to one of the best economies we've ever had. It lasted until the housing market bubbled. You know, things were going great in the housing market. People were making bank, selling houses until 08, and the bottom fell out. Uh, and then we have kind of this recovery that that's lasted the last 10 to 12 years, and things are popping again, and then boom, something comes out of left field that uh, has nothing to do with the causes of any of the other issues. Um and uh, I think that just goes to show you sometimes if if, I, if I've learned something like to apply to my life through this. And again, I'm with you. I think we'll get through it. Um, but I think the next time things are rolling, maybe old JC is going to, uh, you know, maybe put a little back and live a little more conservatively, <laughs> you know, just because you never know. I mean, it's like my mom says all the time, you never know. And, you know, you, you just yep. kind of take that and roll with it, but you, you really never know. So um that's the thing. But I think that uh I think just reading some of the reports today were very encouraging about, you know, the medical, pharmaceutical community finding potential treatments for this disease. Uh, and I think once those can get to the market, and we can get them distributed to people, things will open back up because obviously you have a disease that's very, very treatable, you know, that the, 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 obviously there was just a lag in, in finding a suitable treatment. If it's not treatable, that's a different story. So um, I think that that's kind of where we're going with that. Now, Mike, there is, you know, football. I mean, obviously, I'm sorry, spring football, no do, no go.
0: Can I just say one thing oh, real quick oh, I'm before sorry, you yeah, I'm dive sorry. into that? uh, it's good to know. And the people now know that you've been living the life of kind of a 1980s, Ric Flair caviar in the back of limousines, gaudy jewelry, Lear jets. Now Woo. people have learned a little bit more about the man, the myth, the JC Sherbert Sherb nation. So I'm glad you shared that with the American public.
1: I am glad that they know it now. Woo. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh,
0: <laughs> some of us are a little bit more low key. We just, you know, we, 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 we go and we buy stuff, uh, off the rack, unless it's, of course, a, a a very good suit, then I gotta go the little extra mile and get Brent Skinner because I'm I'm gonna look good for my time on this earth, especially uh, when I'm when I'm doing work. But uh, but other than that, pretty conservative existence. While well, you've been, you know, living a, a lavish lifestyle in your twenty four seven sports uh, period of life, so I, I I it's good to know that.
1: Yeah, I need to kind of I need to settle down. So that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's probably a good thing for me. Uh, yes. Well, now and we now both have
0: uh, great women in our lives to help us do that. So, there uh, yeah. you she
1: go, bringing me lunch as we speak. Um, uh-huh. Ah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually recording from her house today. I'm quarantined up with her. So,
0: how about that? That's, that's you uh, know that's uh, the kind of things love are made of, right there. God. That that that's going to warm the heart of a nation, right there, to know that you and your lady are quarantining together, and she's bringing you a hot meal.
1: Yeah, there is no doubt about it. Well, all right Speaking of hot, okay. So I, I don't know if I don't know if this is hot or not. I mean, you know, hot. Hot is very relative these days, um, especially looking at commercials and the people they put it. But I mean, that's that's beside the point. That's another topic for another day. Um. All right, football. All right. So there's no spring football. There's no spring games. We know that basketball's done we know that baseball's not going to happen for and, and I know a lot of our listeners love college baseball because we have a big listenership in the south uh, and even those Michigan fans that listen to us probably enjoyed the heck out of some college baseball last year yep. they went all the way to the finals but um you know here's the thing and, and we talked about you know that well they may find a treatment or whatever and hopefully we'll get back and we believe that but then there are some estimates out there to say this could be an 18-month deal. And even if they don't cancel football season or if they delay football season or whatever, Mike, there are a ton of logistical things and questions that have to be answered now, um, particularly on the college level as it relates to to spring practice. And, you know, you have that two-week of preparation and, you know, how many new coordinators and new offenses are we seeing around the SEC alone this year new coaching staffs um and that that time is very valuable um and, and they can't even meet right now. You know, you can't even, you know, cuz you do have a situation where you can go you know, practice without a ball at times and 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 so just th- th- there's going to be a steeper learning curve you know for some of these teams that do have new systems coming in and that are sort of inexperienced, you know, heading into next season. You know, I, I don't know how much it's going to impact the Clemsons of the world. Uh, Clemson's got just about everybody back. Um, but, you know, uh, even a team like Georgia that's going in a new direction on offense, uh, that's breaking in a new quarterback that is a you know significantly different style of quarterback than the one they had. You know, and that's just one example. Now I'm not even talking. I'm not even, even going to bring up LSU. You know, I mean, mm. there are some teams around the, the country that, that I think sort of needed that uh, time during spring to kind of, I, I guess, regel, uh, if for lack of a better term.
0: Uh, there's no doubt, and I, I guess we should also mention that uh, there's moves in the works to give spring sport athletes. That it were seniors an extra year of eligibility. Of course, the other uh, underclassmen already have that redshirt year available. Uh, now, how they're going to to dole that out again? Like anything else, the the devil's in the detail. It's very easy to come up with ideas. Uh, it's another thing to implement them where everybody is happy and there's not uh, all kinds of controversy, lawsuits, and everything else. But but that's that's on the that's on the table as well and then you know business you're very um close to the recruiting side of things and and how that has been changed and everybody's just in this big holding pattern but you're absolutely right i mean there are there are teams that need spring ball more than others uh, if you have a veteran quarterback coming back you have a distinct advantage over the team that is going to break in a new quarterback that hasn't had a chance to have meaningful reps, uh, till when, till August, uh, is the, is the regular season going to be postponed? I don't even want to use the the C word as in cancellation. Um, I know that's been thrown out there. I, to me, that's, uh, there, there's no need to, to go that far yet. We're in the month of March. I mean, I'd like to think, There's a lot of X factors where we don't need to start talking about canceling a season that starts in September. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's going to affect it, it. It's easy to say it's going to affect everybody and it's accurate. But if you want to be really accurate, it's going to affect some teams more than others and some players more than others and some coaches more than others. And that might seem again, in the overall scheme of things, as a inconsequential or whatever else, but don't tell your hardcore college football fan that because assuming we get out of this by the time football starts, um, that is very much going to be a storyline. Is that how, how the suspension of activities affected different programs in different ways. And there's no getting around it. It is going to do just that. It's going to affect different programs, uh, different ways. I I think we're all just trying to uh, wrap our arms around just how this is going to affect everything i think your average fan is just saying look please just don't take away my college football mm-hmm. just just whatever we, we, let's get this thing cured let's 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 eliminate it let's uh, get the people the proper proper medical attention uh, and if that takes another couple of months it takes another couple of months uh, people are already bummed about losing March madness or already bummed about losing college baseball and other, uh, spring sports. And as you mentioned, we are big in the South and, and college baseball isn't, there's nothing niche about it for many people in the Southeast. It's, it's a big part of what they look forward to all stinking year long. And now it's gone. Um, so everybody is just like, please don't affect my college football. And quite frankly, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the NCAA tournament generates a billion dollars, and I have no idea how that's going to work hmm. in terms of if you're Turner and you're CBS, that check's already been cashed. Like, uh, d- it, d- is the NCAA going to give a refund? <laughs> let, let, <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, CBS, hey, Turner, let me uh, – this is uh, Mark Emmert of the NCAA. I'm going to Venmo you a, a billion dollars. <laughs> Just be on the lookout uh, do, you, do you accept PayPal? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be – that's just I, – I would love to know just from the business curiosity side, how in the heck does that work? Well, let's pay it forward to college football. College football is a very lucrative entity for ESPN, for Fox. Um, and as we have mentioned several times on this show, uh, with all the talk about declining attendance, there was another article on that I think shortly before this whole thing got haywire uh, a week ago, how college football had another year of declining attendance. And I know for a lot of people, again, in the South, they're like, am declining attendance. I'm struggling to pay for my tickets. The, the <laughs> prices keep going up and, and we're not exactly hurting for fannies in the seats, but overall on, on the average, it is a real thing. But that, that is not a huge concern for ADs and conference commissioners. Why? Because the overwhelming majority of money is TV money, it's TV. I mean that that is what when people say, "Well, why? How are these coaching making, coaches making these millions of dollars?" Or maybe the, you know you'll get the upset fans. I'm going to cancel my tickets. I'm so upset uh, that we went five and seven this year, and and I'm going to cancel them, and and, and you're going to feel the pain. No, the schools are really not. If you're in Pac-12, might that's a whole other story, <laughs> and that would have been a storyline too. How. You know the, the the Pac-12 has been crumbling right before our eyes, and and how do you get that thing back? But if you're the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, you are sitting pretty on TV money. Well, if there's no college football season, I, again, those checks have already been cashed. I don't know how that would work either. Nobody wants to think about that, <laughs> but I guarantee you there are there are people in control that are thinking about that because it's their job to think about
1: that. I, I sort of – here. here's the thing. It's uh, I know with events, like, um, you, know, you, say, you know, you say you own a sports arena, Mike, the Morgan Arena, okay? Like that. And, and uh, you've got concerts and things like that. I know that those venues have insurance policies against, like, acts of God cancellations and things like that. I would assume that part of these TV deals had something written in. If not, I mean, because, you know, even – Not not on this scale, but there are some things that get canceled because of whatever, you know, floods or hurricanes or, you know, whatever. You know, you do have that to happen. And there has to be some sort of, you know, financial compensation that comes into it. Maybe it's written in the contract that there's not if there's an act of God. Um, But this is this would fall into the act of God category um, when you're talking about concerts and promotions and, and you know, insurances, insurance policies against cancellations and things like that. But um, that certainly is something to think about because, obviously, you know, the the number one talk on the financial side of college athletics these days is TV money. Um, and there was an article uh, the other day. It's already started as we move towards, I guess, 2024 when all this gets redone again, talking about the the Pac-12 and Big 12 needing to merge Hmm. Um, You know, and that that was an interesting article, interesting Mm -hmm. idea. Yeah. Um, You know, and and, and it's a shame, too, for our our friends out there. And we do have some Pac-12 listeners. I mean, I I hated it for the league because, you know, last year, you know, irrelevant football season. And then, or or, I'm sorry, two years ago, or or a year before last, irrelevant football season. Then the league only put, like, three teams in the big dance. And Mm -hmm. they they were a non-factor On that, well, this year the Pac-12 looked like they were going to hit five, six, seven teams then.
0: They had a resurgence. They had and, a resurgence. You know, that's um,
1: unfortunate that that kind of. Well, you
0: know, look that we we've we've kind of uh, talked about it. I've always felt a little bit. Um, I, I I it's never been my place. I think to criticize moves that uh, don't involve the network that employs me. But I will say this, there's no getting away. The, the cat's out of the bag. Look, I've known this for years, uh, and maybe I felt uncomfortable about saying it on our podcast before. And I think now we can all just say it and, and realize that most people are aware of this. The Pac-12 made a mistake that didn't affect them for one year or five years. It could affect them for a decade. And that is they didn't partner up with either ESPN or Fox so I, I, I mean, when they decided to do all that in-house and basically say no, 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 no we got this, we got this, and it's not as if ESPN and and the, and Fox were not there to offer them a deal. It might not have been as lucrative as the SEC or the Big Ten, but there, I mean, th- there were there were opportunities, and the commissioner decided, no, nope, we're we're going to do our own, and we're going to launch, our, and and it's it's cost them dearly. It's not the only thing. I mean, look at the end of the day. Winning still is the number one thing, but you could make the argument that the TV exposure or lack thereof has hurt them in recruiting and therefore has hurt them in winning. Uh, and so you you have all kinds of issues there that um, I don't know when that thing gets fixed or if it gets fixed. I mean, you got the top players in California going elsewhere. And, again, it's just a different vibe if you've been out there, if you've spent any time uh, in that part of the country or go to sporting events there, it is just different. I mean, it's not going to match, no matter what TV station they're on, it's not going to match the SEC, but that doesn't mean they couldn't have done uh, wiser moves. And if they could have, if they could hit the reset button on that, I would be shocked if they didn't. And Larry Scott didn't, but that that cat's out of the bag and you you can't go back. By the way, the article I was referring to, which is uh, CBSSports.com, college football headline Dips for the the, – just talking about attendance in the FBS. Dips for the sixth consecutive year and the lowest since 1996. Even breaks it down by conference. SEC down 1.7. Now, the SEC still far and away leads the way with an average of over 72,000 fans per college football game. Uh, The Big Ten down 0.5%. The Big 12 about even. The ACC down 1.2 and the Pac-12 down uh, 0.8%, their lowest since 1978, the PAC 12 football games averaged 46,000 fans last year, 46,000. Um, that's, that's mid-major stuff. I mean, you know, we could get East Carolina and UCF and, uh, I don't know, Houston and Boise state together and, and average that, that amount of fan base. Um, but that, that is an issue. I wonder, to, to turn it back to where we are now, I wonder if you try to pluck a positive from all this. Here's a number one positive I know from a sports standpoint. If you ever were told, oh, it's just you know sports aren't that important. It's just, a, it's just entertainment. You'd find me somebody who is not begging for live sporting events right now. I, I mean, you're feeling it. And I realize we all have our, I always made the analogy, it's like a buffet plate, JC. Everybody in this country loves football, be it college, pro, or both. So half your plate is filled up with that right off the bat. But on the other side of that plate, you got room for maybe one or two sides. Uh, and for some, it's basketball. For some, it's baseball. For some, it's golf. For some, it's two out of the three, what have you. We're getting zero. Mm-hmm. So pe- people, are, re- you really realize just why... All those millions of dollars are spent on rights fees for sporting events, because quite frankly, I can only watch crappy TV so much longer. I can only watch uh, Netflix shows so much longer. I can only watch uh, Shark Tank, which I love, but I've seen when it comes on, I'm like, oh, I've already seen this person that's trying to invent uh, another version of the Floby, like a, a, a home version of a haircut module. I, 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 I'm going crazy. And we've already talked about There's not a lot of good movies these days. So you really recognize how much you miss it. And then, two, I wonder if the attendance doesn't spike when we do get sports back because people realized how much they missed it. Maybe that would be a couple of the the positives.
1: That would be a silver lining. Okay, yeah, number one, I watched Top Gun yesterday, start to finish for the first time in years. Of course, there's a sequel coming out, but I watched the whole thing.
0: Yeah, oh um, it's a classic.
1: Yeah, and you, funny you mentioned the Flobie because where <laughs> I live um the uh the uh the, the 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 great clips or the the barber or or wherever uh-huh. I go to get my hair cut Yeah. They're not taking customers. Oh, they're know? not. So uh the significant other mentioned to get me a Flobie. You know, and do they still and, make Floby? I I, mean, don't I, made, know. I said that as a joke, but that's th- there the, that's, was... the, that's the second time I've heard Floby in the last oh, twenty four hours, and then the, the, the last For those, time the,
0: was. Don't know what we're talking about. YouTube it. You can probably find the Floby commercial on YouTube. So
1: I was like, wow, you know. But yeah, this is like going through the buffet. You know, you have those cafeterias like K and W, uh, and you go through the line. Yeah, and it's not football season, so you're not getting any Salisbury steak. But you're also not getting any macaroni and cheese or fried okra or fried squash. You're not even getting the biscuit at the end or the custard pie. Okay, you're not getting any of that. The buffet is completely empty right now. And uh, and it, it you know it, it, it it's I think for a week everybody's like oh uh, because you got that initial thing like oh sports is shut down oh what are we gonna and then then reality sets in and you're like man. And I, I do hope it leads to an attendance renaissance. Um, I think a lot of the attend we could talk ten thousand different things. I think the number one issue with attendance of at college football is televisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no in doubt fact, every every single game is on TV now. And sometimes, yes. man, it's just it's just so much better to get the TV going at home and get the grill fired up and you can go to the yep. bathroom by yourself or go, or go to the bar and hang out with five friends instead of 50000 you mm-hmm. know, I think sometimes that's just so much less taxing on your weekend. Um, and I think it's number one. I think number two, so especially in the South, I think start times have something to do with some of the the venues that are normally full. You know, you're playing Ball State at noon in September, You know, when there's other good games on TV, again, it relates back to TV. Maybe you skip that one. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't go out for that one, or maybe you leave at halftime if there's a a bar open. But I I do hope it leads to that, Mike. I I really do. I think there's a lot of – there are some positives that can come out of it. Um, And, 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 you know, sometimes absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, And I bet, you know, next year when March Madness tips off on this day one year from now – everybody's going to be in a in celebration mode because it, it's already a day that to celebrate I mean, I had plans, um, you know, in, in the state I'm in right now, they, they, they recently opened sports books. And so I was going to go watch some games and, you know, you know, for mm-hmm. entertainment purposes only, maybe put a dollar on a couple of games or something. And sure. uh, I had plans and, uh, those plans went away pretty quick. Yeah, they uh, sure and, did. And I love March Madness and, uh, yeah, I usually celebrate it every year, regardless of what teams are in the tournament. And it's just, I know next year I'll appreciate it just a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I, I you, people hear why why the TV rights for March Madness is a billion dollars. It's because it is part of the American fabric and culture. And even those that ignore uh, college basketball year long, they're on board for March Madness. And obviously there are several people that do care about college basketball whether it's their team their conference or overall you add all them together and stir it up in a pot and it's it's tv gold it's ratings it's revenues it's people love it and it's i mean people would find an excuse to take off work that those first two thursday fridays now of course we don't have a choice we're we're home from work anyway uh that, that thing is you you realize just how big it is when it's gone and all these things are going to be canceled suspended for the first time since like world war times and sometimes even longer than that you know they still played um uh, a world series a uh, major league world series during world war ii that's how guys like hal newhauser Neuha- became a household name because some of the best players like ted williams were fighting for our country and some of the guys left behind were not the best players but the, the season had to go on in this case you just can't go on and so here we are by the way, I, I YouTubed And there's dozens of uh, Flobie clips, including the original commercial and various uh, versions of it. One which I'm looking at right now that I'm going to watch after you and I uh, close shop on this. The the title is Butchering My Son's Hair with a Flobie. And it's a picture of a grown man about to cut his hair, his son's hair, with with an actual Floby, which is like a vacuum cleaner that you you put the uh, suction part on your head and it cuts hair. I I don't know if Flobies are still made in circulation, but uh, if you haven't seen that, it's in a time where we need a little <laughs> comic relief. Watch uh, and learn about the Floby hair cutting system. All right. Um, you tell me j c as we close shop here, is there anything else you want to hit that we haven't hit because there usually this is this this podcast you and i we have an idea of what we're going to do and where we're going to go before we even go on the air and before we even talk in this case, i'm not sure where to go as it as it pertains to hard hitting news so is there anything no. in passing that you're looking at
1: no well i'll say one thing for those of you that follow recruiting out there, and I think a lot of our audience does uh, even if it's in a Oh, you got another five star or four star way. Um, for a lot of programs out there, the college camp season—and um, it's not really a season—it's just basically here's what happens during summer. College programs have a lot of players that they want to take a look at on campus, uh, and this includes rising seniors, rising juniors, and in a lot of cases, rising sophomores. Um, and they they bring them in there for an in-person evaluation. Now, it's not with pads or anything like that, but it is an important part of the evaluating the young man athletically for a potential yeah, yeah. scholarship offer, that's probably going to be off the table. So watch kind of how your your favorite – if you want to kind of keep an eye on things, watch who – if they send out offers or whatever, sort of watch, you know, for any changes in sort of the style of recruiting that, that they do because, you know, for those programs – and there's some that really rely on it heavily um, that don't have that – uh, ability to do it this summer, you know that's that's going to obviously impact their board one way or the other.
0: Interesting to look at. Interesting to look at. Um, and of course, the yeah. other thing is we've got, and I think this applies to college football fans. We've got an NFL draft that is still supposedly going to take place in Vegas, although without the fanfare. Anybody who saw the fanfare last year in Nashville was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most brilliant moves, and it couldn't have gone any better. It could have been just as good in, in Las Vegas. It's going to be uh, empty. However, uh, we could use the NFL draft right about now. What's great about the NFL draft, as I've always said, is even if you're not a big NFL fan, to watch what college football has, unlike college basketball, all those kids are required to, to be three years at a high school. So they usually play three, four years in college. So you you can identify with the names. Uh, and there's no, like, European kid that's going to go in the first round. So uh, I think college football fans love the draft. I'm a draft geek, have been for years. I watch all three days of it, every pick. I used to have to DVR it because I was calling a college baseball game. Now I can just sit back and watch Mm -hmm. every pick live, and that's probably what I'll do because I'm sick and I need help. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) that will go on here. That might be the next sporting event because – We don't know what's going to happen with the masters. We know so many other events have been postponed and, and then there's major league baseball, which is in a complete holding pattern and spring training was canceled, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, before all this happened, uh, one of these spotlights of tragedy was that Spike Lee didn't get to go through the employee entrance of Madison square garden. And we were all supposed to shed a tear for spike, how he was a, a true victim in today's day and age. Uh, now we realize uh, just how bad things can be uh, and and maybe it is a little bit of a lesson to appreciate what you have and we will appreciate it even more when we get back to normal and get back to a normal uh, sports calendar and then you and I can go back to talking about what we normally do but hopefully in the meantime for an hour every week or so you and I can uh, help take people's minds off things. And hopefully we did that a little bit today.
1: Sure. And we've got plenty of topics. You know, there's always things you can talk about in the off season. Uh, Mike and I probably have a combined 50 years. I think. Yeah. Uh, covering the sport, looking at the That's, sport. Yeah. And we can always look back at things and have debates about things. And there's always something to talk about, at least for a while. Now, I don't want to be sitting around in 2022 going, hey, remember that time back in 85 when Doug Flutie <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't want to do that. But uh, we definitely have a lot of stories to tell. And um, hopefully you guys out there that are craving sports or at least just craving a distraction. I mean, like I said, I, I literally got depressed yesterday for about yeah. an hour. Lucky, yeah. lucky for me, it just lasted an hour this time watching the news. So hopefully this will give you guys a, a little bit of a break and uh, an escape – Uh, from what's going on out there amen
0: to that and we will keep doing it uh as we have vowed and and it's the only reason we haven't done it uh, as long as we have it's uh, predominantly my fault uh with with my schedule this time of year which obviously now i've got a lot more free time and i will say um in closing this was number
1: 100 this is number 100 it is it, and we, now, we, we had some plans but they kinda, yeah. yeah you know they got
0: kind of yeah a special guest or two lined up and we'll still do that eventually but it's just everything has just completely turned been turned upside down but this is number 100 jc and i started this a, a few years ago back then we did it just during the college football season now we do it year round and it's always can't thank uh, you folks enough it has grown exponentially for two guys that are Uh, recording this thing remotely in two different states now and and doing it on Skype uh, without a producer, without some of the other things that a lot of other people that do podcasts have at their disposal. We've been able to do this and do it to where – Uh, The reviews have been great, and the numbers have grown, and uh, that includes uh, good news for our sponsors, including Brent Skinner of BP Skinner Clothiers. Uh, Again, we're going to get out of this, and you're still going to want to look good and feel good. You're still going to want to look your very best, and Brent is still going strong, still tweeting out the fact that not only is his store open, but he will come to you and fit you for whatever uh, custom-made suits that you will need, Uh, clothing, all kinds of deals going on right now. Brent wants to go ahead and continue working. A typical small business owner, that has been a success story. That's what's uh, helped make this country what it is. I know a lot of the folks in that category are hurting right now. Uh, so support support another good local business in BP Skinner Clothiers. Set up an appointment with Brent today. bpskinnerclothiers.com. Clothiers dot com. You will be glad that you did. JC, I'm glad we did this. It was therapeutic for me. Hopefully for you as well, and hopefully for all that uh, tuned in. And we'll do it again soon.
1: Absolutely. Let me. I want to remind somebody, around everybody, real quickly. You can get us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcast, iTunes, twenty four seven Sports, the Stitcher app. And Megaphone now. Plus, we have a Twitter account. at Yes. At JC and Morgan. JC A-N-D Morgan. Um, Love it. And if you follow uh, him at Morgan on Air and me at, at JC Sherbert, um, we retweet from there all the time, so you can just pick it up. But it's at JC and Morgan. Uh, constant uh, fun and interaction there uh, from the and, world of college football.
0: And since you mentioned the Twitter accounts, now more than ever, I mean, very often, quite frankly, JC and I struggle to, get everything we want to get in into like an hour, between an hour, and an hour and a half. Uh, obviously it's not going to be as big an issue. If you folks have any questions you want to get in there, subjects you want to talk about, anything at all, tweet us and we'll try to uh, uh, get it on the air. We've got more latitude now in terms of getting you involved in this podcast than we ever have before because obviously with no games going on and no practice going on, the news is not as heavy as it normally would be. So we will uh, do this up again in a week or so. For JC, it's Mike. So long, everybody. Please be safe, stay healthy. We wish you the best. God bless, and we'll talk soon.